If I don't keep your attention, this will. <laughs> Are you wondering what it is the rest of the night? Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. He announced he was speaking, and half of them didn't show back up. <laughs> What's the deal here? You know, uh, I plan to be short tonight. Somebody, I said that one time. I said, "You're always short." You'll get that later and just laugh. <laughs> uh, I, I want to speak tonight just for a few minutes. There you go. <laughs> just for a few minutes on the topic of peculiar people. Peculiar people. Before we get started, let's pray. Because I need all the help I can get. Okay? My voice is struggling, so here we go. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the privilege to come to your house and hear your word, worship with fellow believers. Father, the Holy Spirit would ask you to go flow through this place tonight, touch each and every heart and life. Let the preacher come, let the teacher come, let me say what you'd have me to say, that and nothing more. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind to comprehend what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> what do you think of when you hear the word peculiar? Everybody got something in your mind? You thinking about a certain person? Yeah, come on, Roy, help me out here. <laughs> you thinking about a certain person? You hear the word peculiar, you know. Uh, my, my grandmother used to word, use that word some, talking about people that were peculiar. You might, you might say something about, you know, uh, old Uncle Albert, he doesn't mingle very well. You know, he's sort of peculiar. Yeah? Or, you know, she don't get out much. She stays at home all the time. She's peculiar that way. Or uh, you might say, isn't that a peculiar-looking hairdo? I've seen some peculiar-looking hairdos. Or, you know, said, he ain't right. He eats ketchup on his eggs and popcorn. He's peculiar that way, right? We've used the word peculiar to refer to things that are strange or odd, right? Well, let's look at the real definition of the word peculiar. I found this in Webster's Dictionary. <clears throat> I didn't look it up online, so it's got to be true. I looked it up in a real book. Uh, definition of peculiar, it means belonging exclusively to one person or group are different from the usual. Belonging to uh, exclusively to one person or group are different from the usual. Now, God has called us to be peculiar people. God has called us to be. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope. I said blessed. I'm old school. <laughs> looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So let's substitute 
the meaning into that verse and hear what it says. Yeah, okay. When First Peter 2 and 9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a different from the usual people. That sounds a lot better, don't it? We're peculiar. We're different from the usual people. Or Titus, it says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a different from the usual people, zealous of good works. Now, that makes better sense, doesn't it? It sounds a lot better. You want to be a peculiar person now, don't you? Nod your little head. Now, Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Iniquity. That's one of them churchy words. Let's define iniquity, the churchy word. Do you know what iniquity means? Let's define it. The definition of iniquity, it's a gross immorality, wickedness, or sin. It's a grossly immoral or sinful act. Okay, so now let's read the verse. Titus 2.13 It says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all gross immorality, wickedness, and sinful acts and purify unto himself a different from the usual people, zealous of good works. Everybody say amen. amen. That's good. That's what we want to be. We want to be redeemed from all that gross stuff. We don't want to be gross. We want to be peculiar people that's different from everybody else, right? So, let's def- go a little further and define a little bit more. Just what are these sinful acts? Just what are these sinful acts? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you what these sinful acts are. Sinful acts. Galatians. We're looking at a lot of scriptures. Is that okay? Yeah. You know, your best preaching is when you're reading the word. All right. Galatians 5.19 says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, mm, oh me, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, that's a bunch of it, drunkenness, carousing, And things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're told right there what iniquity is, and that's what Jesus came to redeem us from, so we wouldn't do that stuff anymore. You know? And so, when we get saved, and we get redeemed, redeemed means bought back, bought with a price. Did you ever save gold bond stamps or green stamps or plaid stamps or whatever stamps you stuck them in the little book I'll never forget we'd sit there and mom would have a big pile of them and we'd be sticking them in a book and then we'd look at the catalog see what we could get with them you know sticking them with the sponge and sticking the things down and then you got all these books of stamps and you'd go to a place down in the mall it was called the redemption center for the gold bond stamps And you took your stamps and you traded them in for whatever you could get there, right? 
And that's just a rough example and a crude example, but that's what Jesus Christ did for us. He traded himself for us. Boy, he got a raw deal, didn't he? Yep. But he redeemed us from all this iniquity and all this gross stuff. Just say gross stuff. We don't want to have gross stuff. I had gross stuff in my swimming pool. <laughs> you don't want gross stuff like that. You don't want to be gross like that. We want to be redeemed from that, and we want to live a righteous life. Well, how can we live a righteous life? What are the signs of a righteous life? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you that too. Just a few things. You know, all these things that we were talking about, this gross stuff that's up there, that's considered normal by the world. That's considered ordinary by the world. And if you're not doing that stuff, you're peculiar because you're not doing what the world does. And so you're peculiar because they don't participate in that. Right? But you want to see what's acceptable, just read a few lines further in Galatians. Verse 22 says, <clears throat> excuse me. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. love. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Patience. Patience. Oops. <laughs> Say patience again. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ouch. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we belong to Jesus. We've crucified the flesh. And what did the verses up above? It said this was the works of the flesh. And so if we've crucified this flesh, we no longer have these works of the flesh. All that gross stuff is gone. And then we're going to show up with this other stuff that's the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Right? So bottom line, what am I saying? In these troublesome times, when we can't even count on our government to do what we've elected them to do, to carry out the wishes of the people who voted for their stinking selves and pay the stinking taxes, it's just easier to go with the flow and just become one of the crowd and not make waves. Because you don't want to stand out because they hired 87,000 new IRS people. What are they going to do with all them folks? So it's easier just to go along with the flow and don't try to swim upstream and don't make waves and just, you know, be one in the crowd, a face in the crowd where you don't want to make waves. You don't want nobody to know. I don't want you to notice me. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. It's easier to go along with the flow and blend in and become an anonymous face in the masses but we are called to be peculiar we're called to swim upstream we're called to make waves we're called to stand out we're called to stand up and be counted to be peculiar people 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters to me, 
says the Lord Almighty. That's peculiar people. Be sons and daughters. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and you can quote this one. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We're called to change the world by our presence. We're called to change the status quo. We're called to change it just by being there and being the peculiar people that we're called to be. Right? We're called to be in the world but not of the world and to change the world by our presence and not let the world invade our presence. To be peculiar. I got an object lesson. You can uh, take hot water. Boiling water. And if you boil this water and put something in it like a carrot, you know, a carrot, when it's raw, it's hard like a rock. And if, for somebody like me that don't have a lot of teeth, it's hard to eat raw carrots. I like raw carrots, but they're hard to chew up when you don't have enough teeth. But if you put them in the water and you boil them, guess what? They get soft. Man, that is soft, so soft. I could mash it with this fork easy. I can mash it with a spoon easy because the hot water makes it go soft. You can take that same hot water, boiling water, and put an egg in it, which is liquid when you crack it, you know. But you put it in the boiling water and let it stew in the boiling water, and it becomes hard. So wait a minute. You put the egg in the boiling water, it becomes hard. You put the carrot or the potato in the hot water, and it becomes soft. That's what a lot of people do. They're in the world, and the heat gets turned up. You can put the heat up there. You get in the world, and the heat gets turned up. How many know the heat gets turned up in the world? The heat's up. Or at least gas is back down to 350 but when I first started driving, it was 20 cents a gallon. <laughs> the heat's up. Some people go soft under the heat. They just get soft and turn jelly, and they say, I give up. And they just float in with the crowd. Some people, when the heat turns up, they get hard. They get angry. They get bitter. It makes them hardened to everything. Hardens their heart. But what we're called to do is to change the world by our presence. You take that same boiling water, and you put some coffee in it, what happened? These right here, the water changed the ingredient that you put in. The water changed the egg. The water changed the carrot. You put the coffee in the water, guess what? The coffee changed the water. That's peculiar. We're called to be peculiar people and change the water. When the heat's up and we're dumped in the water, <laughs> we're supposed to change that water. So in the world of hot water, <laughs> be the coffee. Be peculiar. Be the coffee. Change your circumstances just because you're there. 
Don't let your circumstances change you. Don't let the world change you. Be peculiar. Matthew 5.13 says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Key verse. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. Everything we need to know about living in this world, we learned in Children's Church. Everybody stick your little finger up. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide under a bushel, What? I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Nope. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it. What's the last one? Let it, won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. What's the last verse? Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. No. No, we're going to let our light shine before men. We're going to change the darkness by our presence. We're going to change the water by our presence. We're going to change the heat by our presence. In the world of hot water, we're going to be coffee. We're going to be peculiar people. So, the darkest you can get. (laughs) Community, absolutely intense, dark roast coffee. Espresso blend. (laughs) Let your light shine. Bottom line, be peculiar. Be peculiar. In this world where it's easy to go along with the stream, where everybody's saying evil is good and good is evil, be the one that's peculiar and stands up and say, uh-uh. Here, here's what the Word of God says. And I'm going to be peculiar. I'm going to be coffee. Amen? Everybody stand with us.